Well, we're in a, um, a series on prayer, and we're talking about um, different kinds of prayer. Ephesians 6.18 uh, in the NIV says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer. And there's different categories, different types of prayer, and everybody has their favorites, um, um, a, different, uh, uh, a different expression or a different way to pray. But the, the basic uh, concept of prayer is that prayer is the communication of heaven. Prayer is the communication of heaven. Um, I guess you can pray to the devil or you can pray to false gods or, or anything like that. But for you and me as believers, prayer is the communication of heaven. So it takes on a lot of different forms. Um, I'm, I'm going to list a few. There's petition prayer. And petition prayer is when you're asking for things. You're, you're making a petition to God. Thanksgiving prayer is expressing gratitude and thankfulness. Worship is loving and adoring God, taking time to love and adore God. And in our worship service, we have all kinds of prayers that we sing oftentimes. We have worship and adoration prayers that we sing. And today there was a lot of uh, declarations of saying uh, repeating God's promises and declaring God's truth about who he is and, and who we are and what he's accomplished in us. And, and those are expressions of prayer. There's contemplative prayer. Contemplative prayer is when you, um, when you quiet yourself and you contemplate. You do a lot of listening in contemplative prayer. You, you um, uh, Meditation, uh, uh, to some people, meditation is... Uh, Negative has a negative connotation because um, the the dark realm has taken that as their as their expression or or word that represents prayer. But it's a God word to meditate on the Word of God or to meditate on God is to think on Him and to roll it over. The, the idea, the picture that is given in the definition. Of, somebody told me not to walk around so much because I walk out of the camera, so I'll try and stay still. I'll just move my arms more. So um, the, the word meditate means to, uh, has a picture of it of the cow chewing a cud. So the cow chews the cud and the delicious juices come out of the grass that the cow is chewing and it, uh, the grass and the juices make their way to the many stomachs and it gets digested and nutrients are pulled from it and other things happen too, but that's the part I'm concerned with and interested in. And so you are meditating on the word and the juices are coming down and you're being nourished by it and you're being transformed and changed by it. There's corporate prayer. Corporate prayer is when we get together and pray. A lot of times in corporate prayer, we get together and we're all there praying, but we're all praying our separate things, which is all right. But there's an element of, of coming together and corporate praying where we all pray for the same thing because the Word of God tells us that if one or two agree as touching on anything, it'll be done for our Father who is in heaven. And if one puts a thousand to flight in the kingdom of God's math, two can put 10,000 to flight. So there's a multiplication there and two, two believers can agree on something in prayer and it multiplies that power. I can't say that I understand all that, but I know God's word says it's true. And then there's intercession. Intercession, the phrase we use is standing in the gap. And standing in the gap 
is where you stand between God and someone who has a need and you say, hey God, hey God, hey God, look at this need for this person. And then you pray for that person, whatever that need is. Or you could pray for a country or you could pray for a government. You pray for a nation. You could pray for um, you, um, the Green Bay Packers. Um, you can pray, or the Minnesota Vikings. Um, you know, if your faith is strong, that'd be a good thing. But anyway, so you stand in the gap. Standing in the gap means you stand between the needful thing and God and you, you bring that person or that thing to God. And there's other aspects of prayer too. Um, um, there's an element of, uh, that is um, understandable to today's modern culture. Do you know you need a password? To pray. You need a password. John 14, 6 says, no one comes to the Father except through me. That's Jesus talking. So you need a password to get to the Father. The password is Jesus. Now, let me just insert here. If there's someone here who's never prayed and who's never called out to God and said, God, forgive me of my sin and um, thank you for dying and paying the price for my sin. It's though I was on death row and Jesus came in and said, I'm going to pay for Steve's sin. I will die in his place. That's what he did on the cross. If you've never heard it explained or never understood it before, that's what he did on the cross. That's why we say that there's nothing that you can do to get right with the Father, but Jesus paid a price so that you can be restored and be right with the Father. And if you've never done that, you can do that today. We'll give you an opportunity here a little later on because I don't. I won't say. I won't say because I know there's exceptions. I won't say that if you reject Jesus, if you deny Jesus, and you pray that God won't hear you. I won't say that. But I will say this: if you want a relationship with God, if you want to communicate with God on a regular basis, if you want to hear from God on a regular basis. It has to be through Jesus. John 14, 6, no one comes to the Father except through me. So he's the password. And it's really cool in prayer too. There's, we, you can pray in top secret. You can pray in top secret so that nobody knows. So that nobody, nobody but God hears. You know how? By thought prayer. God knows the thoughts and intents of your heart. God knows your thoughts. And here's something important that you need to know if you didn't know this. Because some of you think incorrectly on this. The devil, his demons, the realm of wickedness cannot read your thoughts. Well, the devil's in my head. Yeah, he's in your head. He's talking to you. Yickety, yackety, yippity, yappity. He talks to you. He tries to plant seeds in there. He tries to sow stuff in there. But he cannot hear your thoughts. Only God can hear your thoughts. And you can pray. I can stand here quiet and I can pray to God in my thoughts. And he can talk back to me in my thoughts. Through my mind, to my heart, to my spirit man. But the devil cannot read your thoughts. Oh, Pastor Steve... Uh, I don't know if I believe that because, man, it seems like I'm going along and it seems like, it seems like I think, you know, I can't do that and it's, or it seems like I'm going to have a bad day. I wake up and I think, I, I think I'm going to have a bad day and it seems like he knows I'm thinking that and so he jumps right in. Here's where he gets most of him, his information. 
Here's where he gets his information. Not from your thoughts. He gets his information from your mouth. Because when you think you're going to have a bad day, a lot of times you go down and you say, honey, is breakfast ready? I'm going to have a bad day. And hell's ears pop and perk and they say, he thinks he's going to have a bad day. Let's cooperate with that. Let's give him what he thinks. See, here's the thing. He can't read your thoughts, but he can hear your words. I mean, this is, this is off topic, and I don't want to scare anybody. But in the dark spirit realm, there are a lot of listening ears. A lot of listening ears. Oh, you're just one of those preachers who says that there's a devil under every rock. There might be two. They're listening. There is a spirit realm that is active to defeat you. They're active to trip you up. They're active to bring you under. They're active to get you to not believe in God. And the way they find out, see, they sow thoughts into your mind. It's kind of a one-way conversation. They sow thoughts. They sow lust. They sow discouragement. They sow unbelief. And then they're sowing, 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 and then they wait to watch and see what crap comes up. I can't do that. That can't happen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then they go, ooh, my seeds are taking root. And then they gang up on you. They don't fight fair. They gang up on you. My secret prayers, my thought prayers can be heard by God. Then there's encrypted prayers. I like encrypted prayers. Encrypted prayers are when I pray in tongues. That's the language of heaven. They're encrypted. And God hears them and heaven hears them and I pray things, according to Paul in Romans, that I don't even understand with my mind, but know in the spirit realm, in my spirit man, in my heart. So prayer is a cool thing. Prayer is the communication of heaven. So I gave you some, some little uh, tidbits there, but I've got about eight pages, so I better get moving here. I'm going to talk today about a, a certain category of prayer called declarative prayer. This is when you declare or speak the things that God speaks as a representative of God. John 14, John 12, 49, and 50, starting out here, we see Jesus modeling this declarative kind of prayer. In the New Living Translation, Jesus said, I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. And I know his commands lead to eternal life, so I say whatever the Father tells me to say. If it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me, and I just pray, Lord, Lord, my old man that's dead, he keeps trying to resurrect himself. I know that because stuff that comes out of my mouth isn't stuff the Father says, isn't stuff that Jesus says, isn't stuff the Spirit says. And I need to shove him back down into that coffin and put the dirt back on that coffin and keep that old man in the grave. There's a battle that the enemy is trying to get me to act like my old man, and I don't mean my dad. I mean me. I mean that old man that died and is buried. 
And reckon yourself, Paul says in Romans, reckon yourself dead to sin but alive to Christ. And reckon is an accounting term where I have to look down that line and say, no, that man is dead. Quit talking like the old man. Jesus modeled that. Now the disciples didn't always succeed in having the mind of Christ or the mind of God. They walked with him, they saw him, and they learned. And you walk with him and you see him and you learn too. Don't get discouraged if you don't have this down. Don't get discouraged if you don't get this down next week, but go at it again. In Luke 9, 51 and 50 through 56, we see a story of Jesus when he's traveling toward Jerusalem, his disciples with him, and they're going from city to city. And the word tells us that wherever you go and they greet you, leave your blessing there. But if you go there and they reject you, then just walk away. And so Jesus, as he's traveling with his disciples, is going through Samaria, through a small village in Samaria, and they said, no, 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 you're not welcome here. And the disciples, thinking themselves to be spiritual, said, Jesus, shall we call down fire from heaven to consume them like Elijah did? And Jesus said, what are you guys talking about? He said, you don't know what spirit you're of. I mean, they quoted Old Testament activity of Elijah, and they felt themselves quite confident to call down fire from heaven because of that rejection. But Jesus intimated to them that there's a new paradigm. We don't go around calling fire down from heaven, guys. Stick with me, you'll learn it, you'll figure it out. You'll see when I die on the cross, you're gonna be all be discouraged, and when I rise again, and then I come to dwell in you, you'll get greater understanding. But that's not what my kingdom is about, and we walk around as believers sometimes making those kind of mistakes. But the good thing about that is, is that Jesus didn't put them on the ash heap when they made that mistake. He said, guys, you failed this class Keep following me, you'll get the hang of it, and you'll understand as we go. So, same with you. There is not a life in this room today that Jesus is done with. There is not a life in this room today that the Spirit of God is finished with. You are in school, and you are a work in progress. So I don't care how stupid you were last week. I don't care how big a fail you were, you were last month. You've got a new start, a fresh start today, and you can start again. And he will stick with you to the end. He will never leave you or forsake you, says the Lord. That's what his word said, and I just declared it over you. We need to be students of his word. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. And there's a phrase there, rightly dividing the word of truth. That rightly dividing isn't a word that expresses a division of people. It, it, it says, it means correctly understanding. And to correctly understand the word of truth, you need to be a student of the word of truth. The older believers in here, the older believers and, and middle-aged believers and young believers who have studied a lot, you get this word, this is, this is, like, this is like data or data, whatever. It's the information. And you get it, and you read it, and you get it, and you digest it, and it's there. And when you hear things, when you hear things, well, that's, you got to do this. And you go, your, your, your supernatural Holy Spirit 
It isn't just natural. It's natural and supernatural. Your brain and your spirit kick into gear. And your brain is spinning and you're going accessing, 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 accessing. What does the word say? What does the word say? Old Testament, um, poetic books, Pentateuch, New Testament, Gospels, Acts, letters, tick, 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 tick. And we're, and we're computing, we're computing, we're computing. We're trying to know what the Word says. We're trying to say what the Spirit says. We're, 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 we can make it easy. We can be letter of the law Christians. We can just go by the law. You don't have to do all that computing then. You just go, you're dead. <laughs> but that's not what we do. We've got, we've got the New Testament. We've got the Spirit of God. So we're computing, we're computing, we're computing. And... And the older I get, the more the answer that comes out is, man, I don't know about that. I don't know, but I'm going to trust God. Let's see what he does. Be diligent, rightly dividing the word of truth, rightly understanding not just what the word says, but what the spirit says about that word. To rightly divide also, we must yield and we must grow in the knowledge of the spirit and of truth. Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, this is to believers. This isn't talking about the new birth. This is talking about the process that happens afterwards. Don't be conformed. That's that old man again, trying to get up out of the grave, trying to get up out of that coffin, behaving like the world. Don't be, he says, don't be, make a decision. I'm not going to be conformed to this world, but I'm going to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I'm going to be transformed by the renewing of my mind so that I may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now listen, rightly dividing the word of truth here, rightly understanding the word of truth, those aren't three different things the good and acceptable and perfect will. Those aren't, that's not three different things. That's three things describing the will of God. It's good, it's perfect, and it, it's acceptable. No, I can do this because this is the acceptable will of God. Not the perfect will of God, but the acceptable will of God. No. His will is good, it's perfect, and it, it's acceptable. And as I'm, as I'm, not being conformed to this world, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit yourself to God. As I'm submitting myself to God and as I'm studying to show myself approved, the word comes in here. Have you ever, have you ever known something of the word in your head and you apply it and you just have a battle with it? That thing just is a battle, is a battle, is a battle. There's things we know. For instance, um, I'll, I'll give a really um, simple example. I've known people in the past who have accepted Christ and prayed and, and repented and were sorry for their sins and asked Jesus into their life. And in their head, they knew they were saved because the word says they're saved and they confessed Jesus with their mouth and believed in their heart that God had raised him from the dead and so they're saved. Amen? That's what the word says. But they lived like they were not saved. They were afraid like they were not saved. They were doubtful like they were not saved. They, they had this nagging, gnawing doubt. It did not capture their hearts. That's because 
Your heart is where salvation occurs. Your heart is where faith occurs. This is your thinker. This is your believer. And your think. Here's another example. Do you ever have a big argument between your thinker and your believer? Your thinker and your believer, your thinker says, I mean, and there's plenty to argue about. Because everything that we think how God should do something, oftentimes it doesn't work out that way. That's the battle between the thinker and the believer, okay? So we get it up there in the thinker, and then we walk through life, and the Spirit opens up, and he peels back, and he reveals to us, and then one day, boom, we just get this amazing revelation, this amazing revelation, and all of a sudden now, we're a different person, phase by phase, piece by piece, line by line. That's going on in you. So don't give up in that battle and that struggle between your thinker and your believer. Continue to press in. Continue. Here's the thing, and I told this to my class on Wednesday night. Let me put in a commercial. My, my, my peeps on Wednesday night in my Raising Giant Killers class told me, you need, to, you need to tell people this on Sunday morning. So I'm telling you, young parents... Next time we teach this, you need to take this. There's not, a, we're all, we're all, not all of us, there's some younger parents in there, but there's some older parents like me in there. And you know what we say about this class as we're teaching it and as we're learning about it? I wish I'd known this when my kids were little. That's what we say. And I don't have anybody in there with little kids. And I don't know how to get it to you. Go buy the book. Raising Giant Killers. Go buy the book. There's stuff in there that'll transform your family's life. And all the people in my class said, thank you. So the thinker and the believer, okay? There's that battle going on. And we want to keep at it until we get revelation in our heart that changes the way you think. You know how you know if you've gotten revelation in your heart? There isn't an argument anymore. That's when faith is born. That's when you know, and then you walk it out. And then, don't worry, there's other things, and you'll tackle those too. So rightly dividing the word of truth. All right, we're talking about prayer. What, you, you may ask, you probably won't ask this right now because I didn't set it up very good, but uh, someone may ask, <laughs> what permits me to speak on behalf or in the place of God? Who do you think you are, Steve? Who do you think you are that you say you can speak on behalf or you can speak in the place of God? Well, as a disciple of Jesus, you're blessed to be invited to speak the words and walk in the power that he walked. John 14, 12 says, where Jesus said, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do. As a disciple, you're also an ambassador of Jesus Christ, an ambassador of the kingdom of God. Do you know what an ambassador is? An ambassador, like of the United States, is somebody who goes to another country and in that country represents the country where he came from. So in Brazil, there's an ambassador at an embassy and that embassy is the United States in Brazil. And that ambassador represents, represents the United States there. So he speaks on behalf of the United States. When he speaks, they hear him speak and they say, oh, that's the United States speaking. Well, you're an ambassador of the kingdom of God. And when you speak, I mean, think about it. You speak representing the kingdom of God. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. 
And then as residents of the kingdom of God, I speak a different language. It's a language of life, not death. Now, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where your battle between your old man and your new man, your old woman and your new woman, is evident. As a resident of the kingdom of God, do you speak the language of heaven or do you speak the language of earth? Now, I'm not going to say heaven or hell because there's a language of the carnal, there's a language of the earth, too. And it's not heaven. So we'll put all those over here and we'll put heaven here. So instead of, it can't be done, as a resident of heaven, I say, let's see what the Lord will do. Instead of, that's impossible, I say, all things are possible. How do I say that? I say it because the word says it. And you know what else I do? I exchange begging God for things. I exchange that with declaring the promises that he's declared in his word. Now that doesn't mean I make up things. That doesn't mean I say, in the name of Jesus, God, you said I can have anything and so I'll pick out my anything. I'd like a 2022 Ford Lariat four-door F-150 with the tow package and a fifth-wheel trailer attached on the back. Hallelujah. Now, does that mean I can't do that? No, it doesn't mean I can't do that. I don't even know if that was a real thing. I just grabbed words out of the air there. It is a, it is a thing? Okay. <laughs> okay, now, thank you. Is it his will? Is it his will? How do I find out if that's his will or not? I'll tell you how I find out. I get on my knees to him, and I, I, I go to the Word, and I talk to him, and I listen to him, and I, 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 and I ask him, and that's what I do. And here's the thing. Is it his will? Now, I might think it's his will. I might believe it's his will, and I might declare it's his will. But you know how I tell if it's his will or not? If it happens. If I get it. And that's where we get into the tricky stuff right there, you see? That's where we get into the tricky stuff. And here's the thing, and I'm off my notes now, but this is going to be good. Here's the thing. <laughs> if I ask for something like that, and I spend time, and I listen, and I, and I believe that's what he tells me that I'm going to get, and I don't get it, where does my faith take me? Am I tempted to reject God because he doesn't do it the way that I think he should? And I'm glad for this example because this example isn't super important. But there's other things that are super important where I press in and I, and I pray and I ask and I hear and then I declare. And it doesn't happen the way I declare it. It's a test of where my faith is. This is a test of where my faith is. Is my faith in the thing that I'm asking for or is my faith in Almighty God? You know, when I was a kid, I was a kid. And I, I, as a kid, I thought I was pretty smart at different stages in time. And there were times when I thought I knew and I would ask my parents, and they wouldn't tell me. 
And I would think I would know better than them, and I would ask them about something, and they wouldn't, they wouldn't give me the whole picture because I was a kid. And it didn't go the way I wanted it to go. Oh, I remember I wanted something for Christmas, and I was mad that I didn't get it. And my parents didn't give it to me. Well, you can all, you all know what that is. That's being spoiled. That's being a brat. That's being um, presumptuous. That's being not full of knowledge of how much a thing costs. All of those things that I don't know, but my parents do know. And there's things your parents didn't tell you, and they knew what was going to happen, and they knew what was coming. And God the Father is better than any parent with, bad, with best motives and best ideals and the best of everything, and he doesn't always tell you. And so there's a whole lot that doesn't go the way we think it should go that should just be have, have the answer, well, I don't know. I guess I need to wait and see. And that's heartbreaking. More than anything else, you want to know. More than anything else, you want to know. But in the realm of prayer, we don't always know. But we can use, in this category of prayer, we can use what God says and we can declare it. Even if it doesn't appear to be so, we can declare it because there's a war of worlds going on here in this life. And as we declare it, we represent the kingdom of God. We are ambassadors of the kingdom of God. How about thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Mm, Steve, I don't know. It doesn't look like his kingdom's coming. It certainly doesn't look like his will is being done on earth as it is in heaven. Here's the thing I know that the world doesn't know is that I've read all of the book and timing is everything and God is on the throne and his kingdom is coming. You know, you know where his kingdom is coming? His kingdom is coming in this church as we worship and praise him. And his presence is here. And you walk in as a first-time visitor and you go, I don't know what it is, but something's here. That's the Spirit of God. His kingdom came when you made the step of faith to every man he's given a measure of faith to take and say, yes, Jesus, come into my life. And your whole world was busted open and you received him as your Savior and your life was transformed. His kingdom came. And his kingdom, com his kingdom comes as we intercede in prayer for our nation, for our government, for our leaders, for our pastors, for our neighbors, for each other, for our families. His kingdom comes and his will is done. To the storm, I say, peace be still. To the disease, I say, go in Jesus' name. To the darkness, I say, get out. And to the dead, I say, live. How can I say that? Because he said it. I've got scripture for all those. All things are possible. When we begin to speak from this heavenly kingdom position, we participate in setting the stage for his power and his glory. The language of heaven. Bow your heads right a minute. I'm going to give you an opportunity right now. If you have never prayed and asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart, to dwell inside you, to live inside you, to take over your life. Now, I just want to warn you with your heads bowed and your eyes closed that this, isn't going to res this is going to result in something immediate. It's different for everybody. 
But one thing it isn't going to do, it isn't going to get rid of all of your problems, it isn't going to fill your bank account, it isn't going to do just good things and you're going to live on fairy dust and cloud nine from now on. But what it's going to do is it's going to introduce you into the kingdom of God where he's by your side, where the angels of heaven are doing warfare on your behalf and where you can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil because he's with you. If you want to pray this morning, if you want to pray and say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I'm sorry for my sins and I accept your death in place of mine. If you want to pray that prayer this morning, lift up your hand. Just raise your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody else? Yeah. Anybody else? It's about four or five. I saw hands. Praise God. So let's pray. Let's all pray together. Pray this after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. I was lost. I was in bondage. But this morning, I turned my back on sin and the life of sin. And I receive your son, Jesus. His death in my place and his life in my heart. Jesus, come into my heart. Make me new. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. Amen. Give a, give a clap of praise for God and salvation and what he's done. Praise God. How many of you need to work on the words that come out of your mouth, that they not be negative, that they not be, not be cooperative with the junk around you. Me too. Me too. I see what's going on around, and oh my goodness, I amaze myself at how amazingly negative my words can be. Okay, so stand up. Everyone, stand up. Let's make some declarations. I just downloaded these. Just for practice, okay? So you repeat after me. And repeat with gusto. That's not an Italian baker, okay? Gusto is energy, all right? Repeat after me. I am a new creation in Christ. My old life has passed away. We don't need to hurry. I overwhelmingly conquer in all things through Christ who loved me. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I have been delivered from Satan's authority. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I am blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Nothing, nothing, nothing can separate me from Christ's love. Because I am his child, God is leading me by his spirit. Got to do that one again. That is so good. Because I am his child. 
God is leading me by his spirit. God has given me special gifts to use for his service. Here's a good one. I can cast out demons and lay hands on the sick so they will recover. Everything I ask in prayer, believing I receive. By Jesus' stripes I am healed. I am the salt of the earth and the light of the world. I am an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I cast all my cares upon the Lord because he cares for me. I resist the devil and he flees from me. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. God will complete the good work he has done in me. Lift up your voice and praise him. Thank you, Father God. <laughs> now, a lot of you, a lot of you, you, you sensed, you sensed the heightened energy as we made these confessions. And some of you think that that's just because of good vibes. It isn't. Well, it could be, but mostly it's this. As you confess the truth of God, the enemy has to go. Have you, I woke up, I won't ask you, I'll tell you about me. I woke up one day, you ever heard the story about um, uh, um, asking if, uh, uh, asking the wife if, if she ever wakes up grumpy and she says, no, I don't wake him up, I let him sleep. I woke up grumpy one day, not my wife, I was grumpy. I woke up grumpy one day and I had the sense to stop and say, what is going on? Why do I, f you ever feel some days you wake up and it's just, er, you ever feel that? Raise your hand if you ever feel that. And then most times I just move on. But this time I said, what is that? I mean, it was stronger than usual. And I just said, in the name of Jesus, Satan, I rebuke you. And I plead the blood of Jesus over my mind and over my life. And, and I just ask you, Lord, to just set me free and, and be the person I need to be. And I'm telling you, the change was like that. It was like that. And that, that it isn't always that way, because sometimes it's my own fault. But sometimes it's that enemy just bringing junk down on you and weighing on you some spirit of darkness just there named Grumpy. And he just is on you and I rebuked him and it was just that big of a change. And if you try something like that, I don't know, angry, anger, grumpy, lust, whatever, <clears throat> just stop in your tracks and just say, in the name of Jesus, go in Jesus' name. And all I'm suggesting to you is see what difference it makes. You're going to be surprised at how much the enemy is involved. But let's, let's bow our heads one more time and let me pray over you. Father, I thank you for your spirit that is at work to empower us and to strengthen us to walk in your power. And I'll, I pray, Lord, a little time bomb in every mind in this place.
that when negative words come out or when death comes out or when sickness or when things that aren't of the kingdom of God come out of our mouths, that you will set off an alarm that will stop and then will speak the goodness of God. Not make believe, but the goodness of God. Because your word is true and you are true. You are life and not death. You are health and not sickness. You are peace and not anger or anxiety or any of those things. And so, Father, I just pray that you'll just put a little alarm in our heads, in our spirits, that'll go off this week so that we can change the words we say, that we can come in, into agreement with your word, and we can declare your goodness in Jesus' name. And everybody who wants that to happen to them said, Amen. Amen.